Today we uh, bring this series that we're calling Light in the Dark to a close, a short series, two weeks, and we're thinking about how we face mental health issues. Now last week I gave you a lot of statistics and we talked about how pervasive mental health issues are in our culture and how at least 20% of us will face some kind of mental health challenge sometime in our lives. And because of that, it's important for us as the church to think through what this means for us spiritually. And last week, we sort of began that process. But, you know, as I reflect on this, for those of us who have sort of been at church, this church thing, for a while, and by that I mean several decades, I think many of us might be able to remember back to a time when at least some Christians thought mental illness was somehow a sign that a person's spirituality, their spiritual maturity, was just not exactly where it should be. I think there was a time when it was seen as weakness, that something was wrong with a person who dealt with a mental illness challenge, a mental health challenge. Now, I think we've come a long way from that. And last week, we began to sort of break that mold, and we thought about how emotional pain is real pain, and it's okay to talk about it. We talked about how important it is for the church to understand that there are people who are hurting and dealing with a broad range, a variety of mental health issues, and how there are a variety of causes for that as well. Some dealing with biology, some dealing with um, some kind of other physical sickness, some dealing with the circumstances of life. All those things can can lead us toward a mental health challenge. Now, what I want us to think about today, though, is What's God's role in all this? What what does the church have to say to people who are struggling with mental health challenges as we think through our mission to love God and to love others? How does that play into how we understand mental health? Let's think about that a little bit today. And to do that, what I want us to do is continue to look at the Psalms. What's amazing about the Psalms is, is these writers... These Hebrew writers writing thousands of years ago, and they laid it out to God in, for us, sort of surprisingly candid and honest ways. Maybe we're even a little uncomfortable sometimes with how the psalmist talked to God, and yet this was language that was used in worship. And so today we're going to look at a couple psalms. Last week we looked at some sort of cried out to God about pain. Well, today it's sort of a similar thought, but it also points to how God is at work sometimes in the midst of our pain. How God speaks in the face of what seems like overwhelming pain to us. And so today I want us to look first at Psalm 116. Just a couple verses from this psalm. And this is what the psalmist says. Again, in the midst of worship. The psalmist says, For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Now, the psalmist is facing some kind of challenge. We don't know exactly what it is, but as we look through the Psalms, we see language like this all the way through the Psalms about how God has been at work. And we really see that kind of language all the way through Scripture, don't we? But especially here, I'm struck by how specific the psalmist is. You have delivered me from death, from tears, from stumbling. Now that can apply to all kinds of areas of our lives, can it? I mean, that kind of language could talk about some kind of challenge that we're facing at work. It could talk about some kind of challenge we're facing physically, a sickness, 
a challenge to our marriage, or maybe even a challenge to our mental health. And what the psalmist says is, God, yes, there was weeping, and it felt like I was stumbling in life, and yet you were present. God is a God of deliverance. Over and over, God shows up. And that's part of the message of this psalm. And it should be, I think, an encouragement to us that God doesn't ignore it when we're hurting. God doesn't sort of turn away when we're dealing with the most difficult times of life. And maybe when we're crying out to God and sort of saying, God, why does it have to be this way? Why am I going through it? Why am I going through this? God doesn't turn away and say, I don't want to hear that part. I just want to hear your praises. Instead, God is a God of deliverance. God acts in the face of the most difficult things that we face, including challenges to our mental health. When we're weeping, God is present in that, and he can bring deliverance. Now, as we talked about last week, sometimes God does this in miraculous ways, just like sometimes he heals in miraculous ways. People that we love, we could name some people that, and doctors have said, there's nothing else we can do, and yet... They're still with us. Why? Because we see God at work. And sometimes God brings healing through people who have studied the human body and understand it. And and he does that with mental health as well. God can work in a multitude of ways. But in all of that, God is still a deliverer. Because there are times when we cry out and we ask for God's help. And he shows up in powerful ways. So God is our deliverer. Let's look at one more psalm, Psalm 46. Verses 7 and 11, they're almost identical. In fact, they are identical. It just strikes me it's a refrain there. And both those verses go like this. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And when I hear that psalm, what I hear is that God is not only our deliverer, as we read in Psalm 116. But here in Psalm 46, God is also our protection. God is there. When we sense that there are threats to us in our lives, when we sense that there are threats to people that we love in our lives, God is there to protect us. And what we should do is call out for God's protection. We need to seek that out because God's protection is powerful. And that sort of crosses through all areas of life. It's not one specific thing, and certainly it goes right into how we understand mental health. So, as we think about that, the main lesson that I get from that is pretty simple that God is our source of strength. That God won't forsake us in the midst of trouble. That when we really do need strength because we've already been through something really difficult and we are crying out with our tears and we feel like we're stumbling, or when we sense a threat to something that's going on in our lives, when we need strength to get through it, God is our strength. And we will always need that strength. And certainly when we think about mental health, we need that as well. So if we take that and think through, okay, how does that, that one truth that God is our source of strength, how does that work itself into how we understand mental health challenges? Hey, last week we talked about, hey, it's okay to talk about. This week we need to think about how God works in the middle of that. 
Okay, and there's four truths that I want to think about as we think that through. First of all, God is present in our suffering. Okay, if God is our source of strength, He has to know what's happening. And so when you're going through a struggle, you can know that God is there in the middle of it. You know, it's really bad when we're in the midst of some season in life that's just hard. Okay, that, that's bad enough. But when we think we're going through it alone, that just compounds those feelings, right? That sense of, I've got to bear this myself. And what Scripture is reminding us of is this. You are never alone. Regardless of what you're going through, regardless of of the struggle that you may have inside you or the struggle that someone you love is experiencing, no matter how bad it seems, you are not in it alone. God is walking beside you. And to me, it's just a powerful thing to know that I don't have to fight this by myself. I don't have to do this all alone. So the first thing we have to remember is that God is present in our suffering. The second is that God knows what suffering and loss are like. God's seen it. And we've talked about today already the fact that Jesus went to the cross God saw his son go willingly to the cross and suffer there, carrying the sins of mankind, and die. God knows what it means to lose a child. He understands what suffering is. And so when we talk about a God who's with us in the midst of our suffering, we're also talking about a God who knows knows what that's like who has experienced it himself. This is not just someone who's watching, who's sort of seeing us suffer. This is a God who has suffered as much as we have. And that's a powerful truth. This is a God who understands. Whatever it is you're going through today, God knows what that kind of pain is like. That's the God we worship. A third truth, and I think this one's hard for us to accept sometimes. First part of it is this. God can miraculously heal mental illness. Okay? Just like anything else, God can, in His power, bring healing to any condition that we have with our bodies, right? God can do that. How do I know that? Because God has infinite power. Because He is an all-powerful God. And God can do whatever God chooses to do. And I'm never going to put a limit on what God can do. So there are times when I've heard stories of people dealing with some kind of real struggle internally and they've prayed about it and it's gone away. That's a great witness and it's powerful. But there's a second part to this sentence. God can miraculously heal mental illness, but sometimes he chooses not to. Why is that? I don't know. You know, there are people who are diagnosed with cancer. And then suddenly the cancer's gone. Can God heal cancer miraculously? Yes. You know how I know that? Because he's an all-powerful God. Right? God can do whatever God decides to do. I don't put limits on him. But there are people that we love who have died because 
their bodies were overtaken by cancer. Why didn't God heal them? I don't know. You know, I, I don't have an answer for that. I know God is all-knowing. He knows more than I do. I know that our bodies were not made as they are now to last forever. I know we all face death. That's just the reality of this life. Do I understand why God does everything He does? Absolutely not, because I'm not God. So we have this powerful God who can do whatever He wants, and sometimes He does things that we have prayed for Him to do, and He does it so clearly, so miraculously, that we fall down and worship. And then there are times when we wonder what God is doing. And you know what? That's so often the language of the Psalms. We call it lament when we read it in the Psalms. People crying out, sort of wondering why God hasn't done what they think is the obvious course for the best for their lives. But what we have to do in those moments is understand that we can call out for God to bring healing. And sometimes He does it miraculously, and sometimes he doesn't. And either way, we are called to trust. And that is one of the challenges of living the Christian life. That is not easy. I can't make that easy for you. I can't make that easy for me. And yet we're called to do exactly that. Fourth truth, and this goes back to where we started, God gives us strength. You know, if I'm facing some kind of challenge to my mental health, if someone I love is facing a challenge to their mental health, I don't have to face it under my own strength. I, I don't have to come up with enough strength to battle through that. You know why? Because of all the things we've just talked about. Because God is present. And God knows suffering. And He has power. But above all of that... God is there to walk with us and carry us through. God gives us strength that we do not have on our own. I mean, that's one of the great blessings of living the Christian life. That when difficult times come, I don't have to do this by myself. And even though we would love to say that, man, if you're suffering from mental illness or some mental health disorder, or someone you love is... All you've got to do is pray, and that's going to go away. But it doesn't work that way. Sometimes God chooses to do that. Sometimes he doesn't. But whatever happens, I know that I don't have to bear up under the limited strength that I have spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Because God promises to be there with me and to walk with me and to give me the strength that I don't have. And we can depend on that. Now, as we've talked through this last week and then this week again, and think today about God being the source of our strength, we've, we've said, okay, there's a couple of ways that we want to think about application to this. The first is on a personal level. Okay, so what if I'm struggling or someone else, someone I know is struggling, someone I love is struggling, what do I do with this truth that God is our source of strength? Well, it means that we should... Go to God, right? I mean, if, if God really does say, I can give you strength that, that you don't have, what I need to do is ask God for that strength. I need to pray. 
I need to ask God to be active in my life and give me what I don't have and give people I love what they don't have. That's what prayer is, asking God to do something, to to be at work in a way that maybe we don't understand and can't explain. That's what we need to do. Now, God can be at work in so many different ways is the thing. Sometimes God is at work through His Spirit. And God just lifts us up from within. He has promised to fill us with His Spirit. It's one of the promises that we receive throughout the the New Testament, but especially in the book of Acts, that God's Spirit will be at work in us. And so God strengthens us through His Spirit. And sometimes God strengthens us through the church. And, And the church becomes a witness to the strength of God. Remember, we are the body of Christ. And so together, we have Christ working in us. And so we strengthen each other. Now that's us individually, but what about the church? Well, first of all, we sort of need to throw off this idea that if someone's dealing with a challenge to their mental health, they've done something wrong or they haven't done some stuff that they should have done. Sometimes life's just tough. Sometimes biology's against us. What we need to do is stand with those people. What we need to do is be the church, be the body of Christ, ready to help people get through that, to be their strength. We need to stand with them and provide the the help and the tools that they need. You know, I, I think about simple things that we as a church can do. We can walk with those who are hurting. We can pray with those who are hurting. We can help them find the help, the, the help that they need. Maybe some of you know that this week is National Suicide Prevention Week. I mean, it would be good to know a simple thing, like the Suicide Prevention Helpline is 1-800-273-TALK. You know, there might be a time when someone you know needs to know that. Well, this is a good week to put that number in your head. Because there are people all around us who are struggling with that, who are thinking maybe the best thing is for me to end my life. Well, the church, and the church of all groups of people, is the one to stand in the gap in the middle of that. As we think about God's role in all this, we deal with a range of challenges out there, and we've talked about how Mental health challenges are not just one thing. It might be depression. It might be addiction. It might be some kind of psychosis. It can be so many different things that affect different parts of how we interact with others and and deal with life. But God can be present in all of that. And, And one great example is this. Many of you know what Alcoholics Anonymous is. And some of you know that it's a 12 step program. And even though at this point it's not an overtly Christian program, the people who run Alcoholics Anonymous understand that if we depend on God, we can get through these challenges better. Three of the steps go like this. Step number two says, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Do you know what that power is? I do. Step three is we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step five is we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 
You know, even the world can see that we have to reach beyond ourselves to get through some of these really difficult things. God is powerful, and God can be your source of strength regardless of what you're going through. You just got to ask. Let's pray together. God, we need, we need strength. God, I know there are people in this room today who are saying, man, I'm on the edge. Things are just not right and I need help. And there are people in the room who are thinking of a parent, a friend, a child, a grandson, a granddaughter, maybe a spouse, who's facing a real challenge to their mental health. And so we are suffering alongside them. We're worried, and maybe at night we're crying out to God, asking for Him to do something. And we pray You'd be at work. We don't pray for magic. We don't pray that things just disappear. But we pray for Your power to be at work. And God, you may choose to act dramatically and miraculously to take things away, or you may choose to work through mental health professionals, or you may choose to give strength over a long haul. God, we give you glory for that. We ask you to be at work, and we ask you to show us so clearly that you're at work that we know it. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, as we bring this to a close, I wanted to go a little different route than where we normally do at the end of our service. We have our prayer wall up here, and in your bulletin, you should find a sheet of paper. If you don't have your bulletin, there's plenty more up here. It's just the prayer request that we normally use. It's pretty simple. But my guess is there's some people in the room who are struggling, as I just prayed, and there are a lot of people in the room who are touched by some mental illness or mental disorder among the people that they love. I want us to spend some time praying for this as we bring this series to a close. And so if you'll take that piece of paper or one up here, I'd like for you to just, you know, it's really up to you how you want to do this. You could write, you could fill this card with writing and tell us exactly what's going on that you'd like us to pray for. You could write the first letter of the person's name and leave it at that. We can pray for it regardless. But I'd love for you to come up and just sort of ball that up and put it in one of these holes and pray over it. We're going to spend a few minutes. Take your time with this. We don't have to be in a hurry. We've got time to do it. But let's spend some time actually praying about this and asking God to be at work. We're going to have a few moments of quiet. I'm going to be down here. If you want to talk with me and have me pray over something specific, I'd be glad to do that. But others can just come to the prayer wall. Let's spend some time in prayer now.